The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Says who? Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brondo's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brondo. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. everybody hello bob that was not even a vacation i didn't even really i didn't really get much time off other than saturday and sunday <gasps> so like i didn't do any shows on thursday and friday but i still had a right and you know how much difficulty that is i don't like writing i don't i don't like saying things about politics <laughs> so <laughs> But I, suffice to say, I feel like I need another vacation. Oh God damn it! I also uh, I also recorded that uh, steel dossier on Thursday, and that was uh, <laughs> was excruciating. You don't realize how difficult it is to pronounce a bunch of long, too many consonants, Russian words, until you have to sit down and record yourself saying those Russian words. And it was not it was not the funnest thing that I've ever done. But I'm, I'm so glad I did it. If you want to buy. Uh, my uh, reading of the Steele dossier, go to uh, our Patreon page. It's at bobseska.com, the big capital letters right beneath the logo, Patreon. And you go there, and if you sign up for $1 a month, you get the uh, the Steele dossier, plus a hell of a lot more. In the meantime, uh, if you don't want to do that, you can go to our Bandcamp page, and you can find the link at bobseska.com. Oh, I just heard, I heard noises. Oh, my God, I got to do this. I got to bring her in. Jen Kirkman is here. She's one of my favorite comics, and you might know uh, Jen from her 
uh, oh my God, her stand-up tours and her books, and you might know her from uh, CNN's History of Comedy and Chelsea Lately at Midnight, Drunk History, which is the funniest goddamn show on television. And plus, her all-new Material Girl stand-up tour begins tomorrow in San Francisco. We can't see her tomorrow in San Francisco because it's already sold out. <gasps> and you can find out if she's coming to your town at jenkirkman.com. Please welcome the lovely and talented Jen Kirkman. Hi, Jen. Was I making too much noise in the background? No, no, not at all. What I'm doing here is I'm constantly smacking my desk. I'm just like doing this all the time. So any extraneous noise can just be written off as me being uh, violent to my furniture. Okay, good, good. I'll just say it's, um, you know, if, well, I don't think you're in San Francisco proper, but you can always get like a press comp for my show if you wanted to come. Oh, hey, that's a great idea. You know, unfortunately, you know, I wanted to go. But I have, like, for the first time ever, I have to do, like, excruciating dental work tomorrow. Oh. I, I don't mean that to say that, that I'm actually doing dental work on someone else. That can't, it was kind of confusing. I'm not a dentist, but I'm actually going to be getting some sort of crazy dental work myself tomorrow. It's, I, have, I have an excruciating cavity that I have to get filled tomorrow. Is this, is this a root canal? I, it might be. It might be. It's just one of those things that I notice. It's the, my first. God, here we are talking about my dental issues. Uh, it's my first ever. I'm 46 years old. This is my first cavity ever. Oh, wow. I have one in every tooth. I'm 43. I've always had weak teeth, and I got a couple years ago veneers on the top. So it's just all fake, like a game show host teeth. And then. Every tooth has a white filling, and a couple of years ago, I replaced all the silvers with whites, and you know, that's why I don't own a home. But <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went back to the dentist this week because one of the crowns broke, is a few years old, yeah. and the hygienist just goes to me, you know every tooth has a filling. Yeah, I said, I know, I was there. <laughs> yeah, right. Shame on you. You're so sloppy, Jen, with your oral hygiene. <laughs> well, that's one of the most shameful things is like, you know, if someone has a bad heart, you don't go... Oh, your heart's probably really dirty and full of gunk. Like, right. I just have always had weak teeth since I was little. And, you know, I'm a crazy hygiene freak. Like, I'm the person in your office that takes their toothbrush after yeah. lunch in the bathroom. But there's nothing like a hygienist who just acts like – I've seen pictures of teeth on the internet. If you look stuff up, it's pretty nasty. I Yes, very nasty. They act like you're coming in there with, like, pus and <laughs> they're so awful. Yeah. Yeah, and the dentist came in and mentioned that he had seen me on something on TV, and she, oh, did her tune change? Oh, really? So she's no longer like a tooth scold. She's now she's now singing your praises. Oh, what I what I said about your teeth. Don't worry about that. You're on TV. I, yeah. I wanted to tell on her and go. She she was being rude to me until you said she doesn't even know the thing I was on, and it was not it was something minor. It was like <laughs> he was just asking if I still worked on a thing I did years ago, and I said no, but I'm still. Well, he's judgmental, too. He came in and said, are you still in show business, or did you stop that? <laughs> or did you stop that? I haven't I mean, seen I'm, you around at all, Jen. You, where, where are you these days? God damn it. I, I like that he thought I could control it, but I just said, no, it's my career. I mean, I'm not 20. I'm a grown woman. I, this is my job. It just always <laughs> different. But when, did you, when you stop this, I was like, can I? I, I hate dentists. There's, I think they and hygienists are the most socially awkward people. Yeah. And uh, just don't let it make you feel bad. It's not the pain that's going to bother you. It's the, They're going to act like you're a monster. Yeah, it's the it's the humiliation. But you know why I don't have cavities? I'm convinced of this. Is because, and, and don't tell Alex Jones. Scum! 
Uh, I grew up in an area where they had fluoridated water, and I just drank a lot of water. I think that's basically it. I just had fluoride in my water, and of course, it's it's created a mind control issue with me. Sometimes I start blurting out state secrets and and uh, yeah. and, and trying to conspire with the globalists, and uh, and that's what starts to happen. And I try to restrain actually going full Illuminati because of <laughs> the Florida. Uh, just making this up. Well, can uh, I just one last thing on this topic? Is my mom growing up? We had an old man dentist. And then he was replaced by the young guy that had all the new stuff. And he said, you know, she's got to get a fluoride treatment once a year. And my mother, what is that? We're not doing that. He's trying to get money out of us. <laughs> and I never did them. And I ate sugar cereal every morning. And so, you know, that is exactly yeah. why you have good teeth. And so I'm mentally healthy. I mean, I'm not a libtard with all these theories, but I have terrible teeth. Right, right. Now, you mentioned uh, you're at home right now. Um, your house isn't anywhere near the fires, is it? Honestly, if it were, I'd probably be the last to know. But... <laughs> because initially you were like, I- I'm talking to you uh, through my-, my Bluetooth, which is normally in my shower. I was like, are you hiding in your shower? And I'm thinking, are- you're hiding in your shower from the wildfires. Like your whole place is about to burn down and that's the safest location. Or maybe that's, maybe that's the earthquakes. I'm getting my natural disasters mixed up. Maybe it's yeah, earthquakes in the shower. Of- I travel a lot. I see a lot of signs in bathrooms for uh, public bathrooms at the airport that are also tornado shelters, which sounds awful. But I know I live in a condo and there's, you know, like 24 seven people running it. Yeah. So I would assume someone would have told me, but I'm, it's in the Verdugo mountains in Burbank. So I've certainly been there before and I guess I could drive to Burbank and see some, see it in the distance, but no, I'm not close to it at all. It's really further than you would think, but, um, I am feeling the effects. Yeah. Well, I see, I have this outsider's view of LA that everyone is near the wildfires. That's, (laughs) I just have this impression that based on the pictures, the wildfires are everywhere. They've surrounded the entire Los Angeles basin and the Metroplex there. And, and everything's about to be burned down. That's the, that's because I've been watching too much cable news over the weekend. I'm just, uh, like just on the edge of complete and utter panic and terror. Yeah. I I can see that. A lot of people think when the mudslides happen here that it's everywhere, but um, it's usually any natural disaster in LA will only affect the very rich or the very poor. Right. Absolutely. And that's, of course, that's the case with just about everything right now, especially in Houston. Well, oh, why? What's going on? Okay. Yeah, there's something there's something else happening in Houston. It's not a fire. It's the opposite. Uh, But I, I wanted to mention I want to bring this up here right at the top of the show, Jan. Is that I saw something disturbing right before we uh, we uh, launched the show today, and I noticed that in the last three days, Donald Trump's approval numbers have jumped four points, according to Gallup, and his disapproval has dropped five points. Now, I don't think that's anything necessarily to panic about, but I think mm-hmm. it's an indication that the American people are reacting to his uh, his response to Hurricane Harvey. And and that aside, Hurricane Harvey aside, the thing I keep thinking about is the, and the thing that keeps me up at night is that no matter how dismal the Trump administration could be, no matter how awful Trump can possibly get and how close we are to either a resignation or an impeachment or something like that, I, I'm still concerned that there's going to be some terrorist attack or some event that is going to propel J- Donald Trump into higher and higher approval numbers and I, i've i've met some resistance not everyone agrees with me on this but i'm concerned that remember when george w bush 
his first summer in office was terrible, and it was the summer of the shark, and it was Gary Condit, and there was nothing else going on, and it looked like uh, George W. Bush was going to be a one-term president, and then suddenly, boom, 9-11 hits, and George W. Bush's his approval number went up to, I don't know what it was, 85%, 90%, something ridiculous, and then, of course, we ended up stuck with him for for a full two terms, and I'm concerned that that's going to happen with Trump, and an indication of that might be the fact that what's the total, I guess, the total net improvement would be, and this is, I'm, I'm about to do math, so bear with yeah. me, it's going to get ugly. Uh, I think it's nine points is, it, is the total improvement if you, if you add the, the jump in his approval to the drop in his disapproval. It's a, I mean, nine points Lots just from a reaction to the, the hurricane. I have a theory, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And then I'm also like, maybe there's a sliver of a silver lining. First of all, I'm always fascinated by polls. Like, are they asking the same people over and over? Yeah. Are those people like, Oh my God, I can't be calling again. I don't know. But I feel like when something happens like this, most people aren't paying too much attention. And I think their approval is not so much what a great job he did he really is on it. No one knows the inner workings of FEMA and that he defunded it. No one knows anything. <laughs> yeah. They just think, well, it's a tough time in America. I'm not going to take a crap on the president today. You know, it's not his fault. I think they go into this other realm of, of how they're judging him, which is just like, let's not judge anyone during this. And, and so I think that even with George Bush, you know, I was one of those people I was in New York on 9-11 and I didn't really know what to think. And I fell for it a little bit. Like I was super liberal, but I fell for Julian saying go shopping until I went and saw Mark Maron and Jeannie Garofalo perform two (laughs) nights later. And they were like, I mean, I was in comedy as well, but they were like, go shopping. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 Got it. Got it. I got, I got fooled for two days, but <laughs> well, every, you know what? Everyone did. Don't be too hard on yourself because yeah. we all went down that road. We said, well, now I guess we got to give him a chance and see how he does. And, and, and for me, it was, you know, it was a couple of weeks before I was really like, Oh, all right, this is the same George W. Bush that we hated before. And he's just going to be worse now. You Although know? I do think we can point to one concrete thing. I mean, if we don't point to, he ignored the, the briefing that maybe could have prevented it. But but right. if we just put, if we blow past that really quick, he did say, and I can't believe that this is something to applaud these days, but it is. He made very clear to get right on there and say, this is not, we, you know, the Quran is a beautiful book. Don't hate Muslims. And I'm sure it was also like, and then, you know, why did he fly the bin Laden family out of America? But don't ask. But just know, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that little detail was kind of important too. Do you know what I want to say about that thing too? Just in case anyone here is like, uh, but I'm going to get back to the hurricane. Uh, the yeah, the flooding in the hurricane is when he was reading my pet goat, <laughs> and everybody was criticizing him for taking a beat and then continuing to read it. They said, "Well, <laughs> he shouldn't scare the children." Well, later in the day, he did a photo op with them and was talking about that there was a terrorist attack in front of them. So he did end up scaring the children. He didn't do it to shield them from it. I think he was like, maybe someone else will handle it just like the first half hour and then I'll jump in and see. But yeah, I, I think with Trump and that thing, I think people are just, it's more about like, let's not do this polling business now. I mean, we're all Americans and any president would be doing it as well or as badly as him, which isn't true, but most people aren't policy wonky. And I do think that people aren't, there's a lot of intellectually, 
I don't know what the word is, but a lot of unsavvy, unsophisticated psychological types out there. And I think if there was a major terrorist attack, people would sort of forget about everything before it because it would be like, that's not important. We all need to band together. And it's like, no, 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 no. What's not important is our hatred for each other or that you want single payer and I want universal. That's what we put aside to come together as Americans. But no, 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 no. It doesn't absolve that he stole the election with Russia. Like that is kind of, that's also a big deal. So we can do both. And I don't think most people can. And I think those polls don't even indicate that they could name one thing he did that they liked. It's just like, let's not pile on. So I, I think they don't mean anything. And yet I also think there, there will be some atrocity. And I don't know what could make his numbers go down, really. I don't even think the PP tape, we joke about it, but nobody <laughs> will know. I mean, that's from 2013, and they weren't peeing on him. So why would anyone care? I know. And he's, he wasn't peeing in the video. I don't. No, I mean, not the, the way it was described. I mean, there could be other videos where Trump is peeing on prostitutes, but that I mean, we haven't heard about that yet, and we possibly yeah. could. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know what? You raise a really good point, Jen, which is that I think that's really smart to look at poll numbers like we uh, like the ones I just read about Donald Trump uh, with with relation to the event rather than his personal reaction i think a lot of people will react uh, episodically like this is a this is a time where we all come to, as you said this is a time when we all come together as americans so therefore we're gonna say that trump is doing okay this moment but it's, it's all gonna change in a matter of hours perhaps when he says something horrible and then that number well, drops down again thing. they might also be like well he didn't say anything i mean he did say things stupid but only if only if you're really interested in policy and how things should work, but he didn't say anything. I mean, he said, have fun, everybody, like (laughs) sending his kids off to summer camp, but he didn't say anything like, remember Barbara Bush was like, I think they love it in the, in the, in the dome, you know, like, I think the, (laughs) the super dome is just so, so awesome. I mean, they're getting free food and, and a place to stay and it's wonderful. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He hasn't said anything as far as I know. I mean, maybe I missed something, but outrageous to where the average person who doesn't watch politics might think it's outrageous. So maybe they're just like, yeah, he didn't tweet. But, but I mean, I don't know how they don't think it's outrageous. He was tweeting about go get this guy's book and Hillary and James Comey. It's like, dude, you, you cannot do that during, (laughs) during at all, but during this, but I I really think if we're talking about that, we're worried about poll numbers because what it's going to mean for 2020. Um, I don't have much faith in that our elections aren't, totally already compromised, but I just don't think he's going to make it till the night. I do think I theory that he's going to die like Elvis in the toilet from amphetamines. and (laughs) Well, yeah. Dare to dream. Yeah. That's a a possibility. I'll bet. I'll bet like Vegas numbers on that. Like I would bet a thousand dollars and I, and I, (laughs) just in mid mid tweet or something like that. He's on the toilet. He's twooping. It's, it's mid tweet. And then suddenly China, just drops. Did you say twooping? I've not heard that. Yes, yes. That's a, uh, 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 yeah. Jackie Schechner on the show came up with twooping. The twoop. The tweet pooping. <laughs> the Donald have, Trump does every morning. I must have missed because I listen every week and I love Jackie, but I must have. Maybe I blocked it out because it's so gross. To think <laughs> yeah, it is pretty gross, but it's. But it, I think that they're going to twenty fifth amendment him or that Pence because I heard something today that Pence can recommend that he gets twenty fifth amendment and Pence can. Get him out. Is that what, what did I hear? Did I yeah, off? that's and in fact, that's exactly right. It's like I think it's a combination of Pence and the cabinet voting 
to relieve the president from office. But I think, uh, from what I remember, I think it's temporary. I think it only lasts a certain length of time. And then uh, I think Congress has to act at that point or something. I, you know, I, I have to go back and refresh myself with the 25th Amendment, but that's entirely possible. I mean, Pence seems like he's the guy kind of setting himself up to be president right now. I, but I mean, I'm I'm really uh, kind of, uh, I don't know if he's actually going to go through with something like that, because that would be really an over, if it didn't work, then that would be the end of Pence. You know what I mean? Like he's got to make sure he's got a clear shot with the 25th Amendment. Otherwise, if it fails, then suddenly he's a pariah and he's fired. And I'm sure Trump would spend the next uh, six years tweeting about how terrible Mike Pence is. The uh, reason I think it could work out for him is because Trump's base probably actually loves Pence and loves him more. I mean, I'm, I'm sure his base knows he's a little bit off the rails and they would rather he not behave that way. But I think they're still on board with all both of their sicko policies. So I think they'd be like, Oh, this could actually, they're aware that Trump is going to maybe ruin the party. And so I think they might be okay with it. I think it wouldn't go badly for Pence, except when he gets indicted for treason, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, he's on the list too. I mean, if, if Trump goes down, it's very likely that Pence goes down too. And if for no other reason, than obstruction of justice, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we're definitely going to dig into uh, to Trump Russia here in a few minutes. But I wanted to talk about this is something that's been driving me nuts, Jen, over the last well, I mean, since Trump became uh, president, in fact, which is the and I don't want to indict all of cable news because there are some people on cable news who I really like, but then there are also pundits who may not be native to uh, cable news. Maybe they're they're newspaper people. I, I was talking specifically about guys like Philip Rucker, uh, guys like Fareed Zakaria, who just can't wait to, every time Trump doesn't uh, choke on his own tongue during a speech, or you know, every time he doesn't just start relentlessly masturbating instead of <laughs> d- delivering prepared remarks. I, I, feel, I, I feel like at that point, Everyone like jumps to this idea. Oh, suddenly Donald Trump is presidential. Oh my God, here's the the new Donald Trump, and it's this it's this fallacy that Donald Trump has it within him to be presidential in an ongoing way that he's at all normal. They can't wait to label him as being as being presidential as being a legitimate president, and it's driving me nuts. And of course, they did it again with his. I missed it. I was, you know, I, I kind of checked out of the news this weekend and I feel lost. So please tell me. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was, this time it was, it was Philip Rucker again from the Washington Post. And he did this the first time back after Trump announced his uh, bizarre troop surge in Afghanistan. Philip Rucker said, ah, oh, this is the new President Trump. Here we go. New, brand new President Trump for 2017. Wonderful. And, and of course, no, that's not how it worked. And, of course, Donald Trump made Philip Rucker look like an idiot by, you know, within 24 hours, tweeting something awful and terrible. And then he did it again. Philip Rucker did it again. And this is, <laughs> this is a guy who's got, you know, he's a, he's a ranking official. He's a ranking official. He's a guy, he's a higher up at the Washington Post. And okay. And, and he did it again last week. Let me see here. He said, uh, uh, I got to tell you. Oh, no, wait. This is Alex Witt. MSNBC's Alex Witt said this uh, on the air on MSNBC while Trump was uh, was walking around the, I guess, the energy stadium. She said, I've got to tell you, we're seeing a remarkably different president than we've seen in the past. I mean, we have seen him and with his grandchildren, and he walks hand in hand with them, deplaning Air Force One or seeing them perhaps on the balcony of the White House. And we know that he is a doting grandfather in that regard. 
and uh, which is so adorable. Isn't that adorable? Trump's a doting grandfather. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then you continue on to say, this is a much different president than the one we saw earlier this week in Houston or the one that by reputation we normally see. And then, oh, here's Philip Rucker's quote. He said, the president got to work acting like a president. God damn it. And no, you know what? Even if he did go through the motions, it was the bare minimum. It, this president, when he's trying to be president, is at the very best mediocre. And most of the rest of the time, I mean, I don't need to go into the laundry list of horrible things that Donald Trump is responsible for that make him completely illegitimate as president, starting with conspiring with the Russian government to hijack the election. On through everything else. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I compare it this way. Imagine if your heart surgeon spent most of his time making armpit fart noises while... <laughs> while your chest is just splayed open there on the operating table and he botches nearly everything. He, and then he sews you up and he leaves a bunch of surgical imp implements in there and it's a big bloody mess and it's a disaster, but at least he sewed the incision up uh, nicely. Do we compliment him and say, wow, you're a great heart surgeon. No, we don't because he's not, he did a terrible job. He was making armpit fart noises when he should have been operating on my heart, and just because he closed the incision well enough doesn't make him a great surgeon. This no. is Donald Trump, and this is the latitude that he gets time and time again. It has to drive you nuts, Jen, to see this. You know, no matter what he does, he's always given a second chance, whether it's, uh, whether it's the Access Hollywood tape or whether it's going after oh. the Khan family or going after John McCain or, you know, th randomly threatening nuclear war with fire and fury and foul and florid. This is all the stuff that Donald Trump does, but yet he continues to get away with it. Well, what, what makes me so crazy is I just look at people and I go, you're not in, in you don't have a basic understanding of psychology. I mean, everyone has a moment where they're <laughs> off brand. Yeah. But the thing is like, I think, okay, I'm obsessed with people who think that being contrarian or, Ooh, saying something you didn't expect makes them look smart. So I don't like Penn and Teller. I don't like that kind of, I don't know why I just said that, but Thank there's just you. something about like, <laughs> Thank you for saying it though. Thank you for saying that. But, but you know, like look at it this way. No, I don't want to like, so what I'm saying is these news people, are they trying to get, um, a bunch of Republicans at the water cooler to be like, you know, who sometimes is, has good points is, is Fareed Zakhar or whatever. But I do think maybe they think they're saying, so they're saying there's a much different president. He's so, you know, he's holding a grandson's hand. I mean, what they should say is the president is presenting himself very purposefully differently today. We don't often see him with his child that he doesn't live with you know, or didn't for the first six months. Yeah. I wonder why president, you know, be a news reporter, go deeper, analyze it, go, I wonder, because we're so far past the days of just reporting the news, you know that their opinions get in there. So why not just ramp it up and say, he's, he's coming down the thing with a kid and you know, he, he doesn't normally act like this. Could it be that someone told him you need to do this? Um, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's very ironic because just last night he was tweeting a video of a wrestling, you know, why don't they, they shouldn't say he is, they should say he's presenting this way as, you know, we have to figure out who told him to do it or yeah, yeah it's, it, he's not in any way changing and he's not in any way showing another side of himself. He's a con man doing a little bit of an act for five minutes so that you will say exactly that 
why are you getting paid to be on television? You're a liability. And and they don't they never present it that way. Instead, he's normalized, and it's not helping. It's only in, in magnifying the the degree of damage that he's inflicting. Because people, I mean, like it or not, people take their lead from what they see on television or, or what they end up reading. And when someone is presented as being presidential and they don't deserve to be <laughs> described that way, of but of course they're going to go along with it because you know everyone. I I think. By and large, people want to believe that the president is doing his job, you know, up, up to the, the traditional standards. And they don't and they don't believe that the president because we've had so many successful presidencies and, we, and we've basically been more or less a stable nation for the last 250 years. Uh, but so, the, but then this guy comes along, and it's so bizarre, and it's so effed up, and it's it, he has no business being anywhere near the Oval Office. We still apply those standards, and I, I hope it survives because I, my my fear is that uh, that he is going to start this trend where it's going to be okay to behave like this. And my worry is that by 2020, it's just going to be this cattle call of freaks and weirdos lining up to be president. It's going to be like the uh, it's going to be like the uh, the recall election in California. Uh, where everyone, like Gary Coleman was running and porn stars were running and Ariana Huffington was running and, and that, that's what gave us uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. And it's, I'm afraid it's going to be the same. And I know some people on this show have talked me down and said, well, don't worry about it. It's going to, I don't think because Trump is going to be and is a disaster, I don't think people are going to be rushing to imitate him. But it's not a matter of imitation necessarily to me. It's It's more a matter of, uh, like he got to this point based on this behavior. Can we do something similar, but make it smarter? Can, can we, you know, find a way to do what Trump is doing? But, and, and so my worry is that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And we're just going to spiral out of control into idiocracy. And that's where we're going well, to be. I'm so glad you played that clip. I love that movie. <laughs> I saw it years ago and I remember getting a sinking feeling like this will happen. Yeah. And I watched that clip all the time of president Camacho doing his, um, doing a speech and people are yelling at him and he just takes out a machine gun. It's <laughs> like, yeah. you know, raise the ceiling with bullets, like calm down. But <laughs> I do think like, will there be Trump imitators? Uh, probably. I mean, you see it in like kid rock running, whether he will or not. And it only takes, well, this is what I was worried about with the polls. Like I, I equate it to, I have three things to say. I equate the polls to my weight on tour. And I know this sounds silly. If I can go on tour and begin the tour a couple pounds thinner than mm-hmm. I normally am. Yeah. And that gives me some leeway to gain some weight on tour. What with the salty food and the bloating from the airplane. And by the end of the tour, I can still put the pants on that I wear. Yeah. If I start the tour with the pants buttoning just so then I have nowhere to go. And now I'm all, my pants are splitting on stage. So I need his poll numbers to be lower anyway. I need them to be 20 so that when they go up in an event like the hurricane, they can be at 28. I don't need them, but beyond the hurricane, they shouldn't be even at 33. They should not, they should not. But anyway, so in terms of that, like enough people will always love him to keep it close enough to steal. I just think our elections are always going to be compromised. It does. I always felt like the Democrats and should take a lesson from him and just like, I I mean, I always wish like Hillary would just get up there and go, look, I I guess I have to say it again for a whole new generation. My husband had an affair and I'm a grown woman and we worked through it. 
and that's no one's business. But the fact that you guys are coming at me about it is why we need to know about feminism. And I, and you guys yeah. said that I was mean to his mistresses. You know, I didn't say a nice word once. I don't even know if it's true that she wasn't, but she can be like, I wasn't, I was someone's wife then. And maybe I wasn't like, but, but I mean, if they could just be as balls out honest, but with, with also the integrity and the smarts to run the country, I feel like people, people will take honesty with, I actually know what I'm doing over honesty only any day. I think I'm still optimistic, but I think that's why people liked Bill Clinton. He knew how to explain things. Yeah. And he's that classic, um, you know, my, my parents were alcoholics. I, I need to be understood. I'm, I'm codependent. I please like me, please get what I'm saying. He was, he was so good from a, a deep wound inside of him to get people to hear him. And Hillary doesn't have that. And so she's not trying to appeal to the psychology of people, which by the way, she shouldn't have to. And then Trump appeals to that psychology of people who just want to blow it up because I don't know why they're bored. They feel like it didn't, that's what they do in their backyard. They blow things up and they're like, let's blow up, you know, the, the way things are done. And I, I just think people think that's changed somehow. Like Susan Sarandon thing, it's going to bring about the revolution we want. <laughs> yeah. And but anyway, so I just feel like there will be imitators, but the real issue is going to be just keep twenty percent of the people liking it, not thirty three, because in thirty three they can steal. I really think. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all going to matter on whether or not uh, Donald Trump goes up in the polls, whether or not he's suddenly successful because of John Kelly or whoever, and then uh, then some of those people will start to come back, and then that's we're in trouble. But as long as he's down there, as long as he's unlikable. I mean, ultimately, is I mean that's the difference because you mentioned Bill Clinton, and also Ronald Reagan was this way too. Despite his politics, you like them as leaders. I mean, they were likable people. They were friendly and affable, and they were presidential when they needed to be, and that was important. Uh, if Donald Trump suddenly becomes likable, we're completely screwed. I mean, that's what's well, <laughs> so, so worried about Donald Trump suddenly actually pivoting, although he never will. It's still a concern of mine. The people I know that like Trump, and, I, and I'm referring to my parents, who we actually have a great relationship, and I don't talk to them about it, and my mom voted for Obama twice, and my dad used to love Bill Clinton, and he used to love Hillary. Yeah. But thought women should run the world. It makes no sense. They're getting older. They got that brain worm you get when you turn 80, and I don't know what. But <laughs> they never talk about it with me. They, they know I'm right. They know I'm smarter. They know to keep it from me. So I feel like if you know to keep it a secret from me, you know you're doing something wrong, but you just want to. You just want to. And <laughs> my sister will ask them, yeah. are you guys, she asked them the other day, are you guys still on board? And my dad said, I think he's one of the best. Like not even I'm on board, like it's better than ever. And oh so, my God. And so my dad finds him likable. He's not like, well, despite his behavior, no, everything's great. So <sighs> I mean, I don't even think people... I think they do find him likable, but I don't know. Maybe this is where the younger generation is good. Like they know the difference between uh, you shouldn't re elect a reality star, but I don't know. I feel, I see people falling for a lot of cult of personalities and I know that every politician, whoops, sorry, making noise has to be in some way, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there was a revealing poll released a couple of weeks ago and, and maybe it was three days ago. I have no idea. It was, it was recently, a uh, poll came out, I think, showing that about 65% of Trump voters d disapprove of Trump's personal behavior. Or maybe, no, I take that back. It was 65% of Republicans in general disapprove of Trump's behavior while still approving of him as president, which is, is kind of alarming to see. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I think that the whole DACA situation is going to turn even more 
uh, Republicans against Donald Trump. And in fact, I want to get into DACA here. Really? Yeah, I want to get talk about DACA here and what's been going on with uh, Trump today and Jeff Sessions and, and rolling back all of that, which is just going to be terrible, terrible, terrible for about, I don't know, 800,000 people. Huh. But in the meantime, we got to talk about the Amazon link, Jen. At bobseska.com, one of the, one of my favorite things to do in the entire world is to scour Amazon.com. In fact, I often test Amazon to see if they have uh, really, really obscure products. And so uh, not too long ago, we started playing Stump the Amazon Link on the show. And uh, and whoever our guest is comes up with a, a name of a product, and we'll see if they have it at Amazon.com. And so I'm going to leave that duty up to you, Jen. You have to come up with a, uh, a product that they may or may not have at Amazon.com, and we will look it up here uh, and try to stump the Amazon like. Now, is it okay if I say like a proper name? That's, like I, that's fine yeah. too. Like a brand name? Yeah, that works. Yeah. I was thinking, because I, I listened to the show and I knew I was, I knew I might be asked this. I think it would be cool. You know, they have like children's band-aids. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes a lady will wear one on her finger if she has a cut. Cause it's like, it's fun. You know, why not? Yeah. Do they have, Hello Kitty brand children's band-aids. I don't even know if that's a product, but if it is, I haven't seen it, and I would love to know if Amazon has it. Okay, well, let's go to the Amazon link and see if they have Hello Kitty brand band-aids. Okay, I'm going to bobseska.com, and just beneath the logo, I see in all capital letters, it says Amazon link. I'm going to click that, and that's taking me to the front page of Amazon.com. I'm going to type this in here. Hello Kitty <laughs> and I'm sure there are a lot of Hello Kitty products. They're everywhere. So Hello Kitty bandages. I'm going to go with bandages because I think oh. Band-Aid is a, is a very specific brand name. So I'm going with Hello Kitty That's bandages. True. Hitting enter here. And of course, they do Band-Aid brand Hello Kitty uh, size 20 count Band-Aid Hello Kitty adhesive bandages. I always love reading the descriptions, Jen, on Amazon.com because they're very, very wordy. Here's another one. Band-Aid brand adhesive bandages featuring Hello Kitty for kids, assorted sizes, 20 count, pack of three, only $8.34 through Amazon Prime. You can get it by Thursday, September 7th if you order now. Plus, they also have uh, Hello Kitty heart bandages. Let's see what else here. Uh, you mean with hearts on them? Not for your heart, right? Yeah, for your heart. If you've had an open fart surgery and it's been botched by your armpit fart sounding making yeah. a doctor, then you get the heart bandages. Hello Kitty is on literally everything. There is nothing that you could possibly imagine having that doesn't have a Hello Kitty on it, uh, printed on it in some way. Uh, well, that's why I'm happy it's on Amazon because you never know. Like, oh, maybe, you know, they, they don't realize that it's still a hot trend. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always to the day we die. It's going to be a hot trend. There are going to be. I'm going to buy a Hello Kitty coffin one of these days. In fact, you know, I'm going to find out and see if they have a Hello Kitty coffin at Amazon.com. That's a good deal. I'm going to check that out. Hello Kitty. Yeah, check that out. Hello Kitty coffin, and there, there is. <laughs> there's. It's not a real coffin, but it's a red gothic coffin skull, web belly button, navel ring, piercing bar body jewelry. That's the name of the thing. And it, <laughs> And it doesn't have Hello Kitty on it, so we failed that. <laughs> that particular thing is not available on Amazon.com through but the Amazon. You search Amazon, it leads like, you to, to things that you didn't even know you wanted and needed, and now you need them. 
That's right. Amazon.com has it all, and so can you when you go shopping until you're dropping while also supporting the show. All you have to do is go to bobseska.com instead of amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. It takes you directly to the front page of amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. It's the Amazon link, the right? Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, indeed. Thank you for joining us on our Tuesday show. Jen Kirkman is here. And uh, we're talking about uh, Trump and, oh, my God, this DACA thing is, you know, as soon as I read uh, that he was going to be rolling back Obama's uh, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals uh, plan, I was like, you know what? Thanks, Trump. Thanks, Trump. You just delivered the uh, Latino vote to the Democrats for the next 100 years. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, in a weird way, I do think thank you. And then is it one of those things where it's like the Muslim ban where he says it, so they have to start the process, but it's not actually going to happen? Or or can he just executive order that? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking... Is he deferring this by six months again? Because, as you said, he did that with the transgender ban. He just kicked the can down the road about six months. You know, he could he might not even be president in six months. What if he's just deferring all of this until after he's left office? And he, so, you, so you can at least say he's done something. But I, I don't think I honestly don't think Trump is thinking that deeply into it. But no, he's not. But it could end up working out for everybody where it's not like, well, tomorrow, everyone pack your bags. But we still have to take it seriously and act as if it's happening so that we can protest it and know what's going on and try to help and all that. But yeah, it, I'm curious that you said this will hurt him with the Republican base, because that I know the old school Republican him. base where, you know, I, I saw this video of. I forget which candidates it was, Bush and arguing like who would be kinder to um, undocumented immigrants. And then, but so it's not the, yeah, he might lose the compassionate conservative crowd. They might vote. I don't know, but did they end up voting for Trump anyway, giving him a chance? Like, will he really lose them? And then the new Republicans that like him aren't Republicans. It's a tea party. He's like, so will it really hurt him with them? I, I don't know if it's going to hurt him so much with Republicans. I think it'll hurt him with, uh, like, McCain Republicans. Because I know, uh, like, for example, John McCain has spoken out against this uh, this decision today. It was announced by Jeff Sessions. and uh, But but some Republicans are, are all in. They're fine with it. I think Paul Ryan said something that was positive about the decision. And, uh, and now Trump is actually challenging Congress to do something themselves to make this an official law. Because I think the, uh, the BS basis for all of this uh, is that uh, they've determined that uh, Obama doing this by executive order was unconstitutional. So Donald Trump is rolling this back because of the rule of law. And we all know how much Donald Trump respects the rule of law in this country. <coughs> Obstruction of justice. And, oh, yeah. he loves the law. He loves <laughs> He, he, what he loves about the law is he thinks it's like a Western movie where you put on your gun belt and you say things like, when you put them in the car, (laughs) don't protect their heads. Like that's, (laughs) yeah, I know. 
Oh my God, that was so horrible. That was so horrible. And you know, the thing that I thought of when he said that was, yeah, make a note of that DC police when Donald Trump is frog marched out of the White House for (laughs) obstructing justice and thrown into prison. Make sure not to put your hand on the head. The way you put the hand over. Don't put your- Well, his hair will protect his head anyway, but it will be (laughs) day, and they just, they don't even, it just is flat. Have you seen the pictures of the Venice Film Festival? I don't know. I just saw this quickly online. It was a film festival in Venice, you know, a real famous one this weekend. And there were crazy, crazy winds. And so every woman on the red carpet, her hair is standing straight up like a Frankenstein. And it's hilarious. <laughs> and so imagine if the day Trump is perp walked, if it's a windy day and yeah. his hair is just flying straight up. <laughs> like and they just let him get in the car that way. Oh, yeah. I really, I really there's two things in life. I, I just I need to see this. I need to see this happen. I know. I, I know. I mean, you know, they started. They they started leaving the props off of uh, 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 Marine One. They 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 don't start the uh, the props rotating on the top of Marine One on that helicopter until Trump is safely aboard, so his hair isn't blowing all around. I'm I'm absolutely convinced that they stopped uh, <laughs> powering up Marine One because of his hair. Like, you know what? My hair, my hair is going to go crazy. <laughs> I so would that. do that. I would do that. I have to. You know, I can't. I can't judge. I would do that as America's first female president. Now, what people have been saying on Twitter, and this is one of those things where, you know, you want to join in and not look, you know, you want to look like you're an activist or, I mean, I want, I am an activist, but I always want to uh, be one in every area. People are like, yeah, well, what if we start adopting the dreamers? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Like, oh no, do I have to adopt people now? But I do think that (laughs) what do people mean by that exactly? Are you familiar with this new thing that people are looking into? Uh, as far as adoption goes, I, I haven't heard yeah. anything about that. I, I and it's it sounds like it it might actually work because if you adopt them, then I don't they become automatically. I mean, if they're your children, that's. But I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it seems to me as if that would be a ch- a loophole that would get challenged at some point. I imagine some uh, some uh, anti-immigrant uh, Republicans would uh, would would take issue with that and and probably try to go after and sue the people who are trying to do that because because they haven't driven away enough uh, minority voters. They just want to drive away some more. Uh, but you know, I want to get into. Uh, I mean, Trump here has issued a statement about this on top of Jeff Sessions. Uh, remarks this morning, which were, I mean, to send Jeff Sessions out was just ridiculous. I mean, completely underscoring, hey, we're we're going full racist on this. That's it. (laughs) We're not even disguising ourselves anymore. We're going to send Jefferson Beauregard Sessions out to announce how we're going to deport 800,000 basically American citizens. I mean, kids who have been here since age six, you know. And so they send Sessions out to do this, to, to do Trump's dirty work. But uh, Trump issued a statement, too. He said, I do not favor punishing children, most of whom are now adults, for the actions of their parents. But we must also recognize that we are a nation of opportunity because we are a nation of laws. Right. And I... one well, of my why a nation of opportunity? That has nothing to do with that. Yeah, no, no. It, it, and a nation of laws. Again, we're talking about a guy who fired the FBI director in order to obstruct an investigation into his own you know, malfeasance with regard to hijacking the entire election. And, uh, and so this is the guy who's lecturing us about the rule of law, right? I think most people who love Trump think he's talking about like, Hey, there's, I mean, this is what awful people think. There's just some Mexicans that came over the border because they want to steal from us. And they got their grubby kids with them. We're kicking them out. Like these are people, which 
these are people that are in, you know, they're going to be the next Steve Jobs. Like they're, they're people in college. There's people already, you know what I mean? They're, it's yeah. not, it, they're, you're kicking out actually the, the next generation of people that will make America great that already are, that are the hope of America. Like they're giving us opportunities, not the other way around. Like I, I, but I don't think most people realize that. I think they're thinking the way that really nasty people can be totally unsympathetic towards children if, if, Nah, yeah, I, I know. Well, I mean, in fact, Joy Reid tweeted uh, earlier today uh, a report on MSNBC indicating that there's a, uh, a a wife of a U.S. Army soldier who's about to be deployed to Afghanistan in Trump's troop surge. The wife is about to be uh, deported. Uh, and I don't know if it's because of DACA. I think it's just because of the uh, the overall ICE roundups. I think that's that's part of, of why this is happening. Yeah, don't, don't mix up your uh, deporting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I've got to get all of my uh, my my racist Trump policies straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is uh, this is the DACA thing or the other thing, but it's one of the racist things. It's one of definitely mm-hmm. one of the racist things that they're doing. But make no mistake about any of this. This is entirely about, and maybe not entirely, but I would say a solid eighty five percent of this is trolling the left. That's why Donald Trump did this. I, you know, in fact, if you. If you look at everything Donald Trump is go- maybe going to do, if you look down the road a little farther, you can kind of predict exactly what Donald Trump is going to do on issue to issue because he's now entirely ensconced in punishing the left because of Charlottesville, because of the reaction to Charlottesville, uh, maybe a little bit because of the reaction to Houston. Um, he's just now in this in this place where he's like, I don't care. I don't care what happens to me. I'm just going to bring about some more liberal tears here and uh, and do everything that they don't want me to do. I'm going to figure out everything that the liberals like, and I'm going to do the opposite of that because I like to see the liberals get angry. And, and oh, that's- I never thought about that. I always think it was like him trying to cause a distraction around Trump Russia, but yeah, I guess of course. Why wouldn't he just be old fashioned? an old fashioned vindictive person. That's like, ha ha, I'm the president. Yeah. In fact, there there are, there are, uh, Trump supporters and I was relatively high profile Trump supporters who have tweeted out things to that effect. Like this is, this is their understanding of the Trump administration platform. Every policy that the Trump administration comes up with is, is based upon, uh, liberal tears. They call this the new rules. This is the everything that they want to do is is guided by how much they're going to piss off the left, and the more the better. So that's why Trump says things like, "Well, and it's you know, it's part of that." I guess it goes hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive insofar as uh, trolling liberals also gives uh, you know spontaneous boners to all of Trump's googly eyed rally goers. Like that's a, that's a big deal. Right. Like that's when, what it is. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, getting off on it, he's like, you know, the the people that seem honestly like such bad actors that are standing in back of him that look like scenery chewing extras. Like, I'm not accusing <laughs> him of having, I'm not accusing him of having fake crowds. I just think they, I'm sure they're real people, but they're at, hamming it up back there. Yeah, it's really God. Talk about a rogues gallery of freaks and weirdos. Everyone, they. The advanced people do a pretty good job of finding the the real freak dogs to, to line up behind Donald Trump, and uh, yeah, and that's always entertaining to watch them. And that includes when Trump brings along his entire cabinet as a prop. Like everyone's got to show up. Like poor Ben Carson's got to be dr- dragged out of uh, 
HUD in order to show up behind Donald Trump for a photo op. I mean, this is happening all the time. Mike Pence, basically Mike Pence's entire job is to stand behind Donald Trump when Donald Trump has a photo op. Like this, right. is, these right. are my team. These are my guys. They stand right here behind me. It's you never, you never taught these. They're the greatest guys, the most tremendous guys, and 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 that's what he, he loves to do. He loves to be surrounded by people who adore him, and that fuels him. What fuels Donald Trump are people who love Donald Trump, and he also uh, devours people's sadness for fuel. This is what <laughs> Donald Trump's entire motivating factor here behind. Uh, uh, well, I mean, apart from uh, fluffing of Vladimir Putin, beyond that, his entire motivating factor is he has to, Donald Trump can only operate when he's motivated to upset people. <laughs> he's motivated by the sadness and distress of other people. I was never giving him the benefit of the doubt, but you're absolutely right. That is, of course, something that someone without empathy, it's not just that they don't feel for people. They like to put the screw to them. It's yeah. It's... It's look at me, I can do this and no one can stop me. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, whatever. Someone ignored me growing up. Everything is such a lesson in psychology. That's why I always get disappointed when, like you were saying earlier, news people go, oh, he's being presidential. It's like, no, he's having a one minute respite from being. <laughs> yeah, and he's not even doing that good a job even. No. In no. those moments. Right. I mean, it just does. He gets away with the bare minimum. And then, you know, and then he turns around and does just horrendous, horrendous things like this, uh, like this DACA decision. Or do you say DACA or DACA? I'm saying da I'm going with DACA. <laughs> I'm going. I say DACA, but not DACA. Okay. I say DACA, DACA right. somewhere in the middle. But here, there's an inherent cruelty in the people that like him. And I, and I love my parents. They're not cruel to me or outwardly to anyone they meet. But inside, I don't know what it is, as they, as they face that there's probably, they've got 21 years left if they live to 100. And so they probably yeah. have less years. And it's like, I don't want to see anybody getting what I didn't get in this life. You know, I, yeah. like I was white, I had every advantage, and it still didn't work out. You, are, who are not that, will not have that. And it's like, why? Why do you care? Yeah. What? What, how is that going to affect your legacy? Like you didn't, I, I do think it's a cruelty there. Like just a complete, like Trump is a sociopathic or whatever the word is version of that. But the average person is so disappointed in themselves. I think that they are just hateful at others. Like yeah. no, no one's having cake if I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Big, beautiful chocolate cake. And you know what? This is, this is really all about. Uh, 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 like this widespread concern uh, that there's going to be a browning of America and that the uh, oncoming browning of America is going to disenfranchise white people. There's this, this, this grievance mentality right now. And there's, it's like a rot in, in American society right now where there's just this vindictiveness and, and just a lot of aggrieved people who are so upset that at, at some point soon, uh, they're no longer gonna get gonna get their 1950s uh, white male utopia, and and that is going to disappear forever. And it's going to be uh, Latino people and and brown people and and people of all different colors mixing all together. And then that's that's terrifying to so many members of uh, of of white society in the United States. And that's what Trump represents. Trump re represents their interests specifically. And they feel like this is their last gasp, you know, to, to c c correct the record on all of this. 
and these are the same people that think that it's so badass and it's like you're afraid of people other people and also i don't know why i don't know why women you know uh, anyone of color isn't just in the streets killing every white man i don't know why they're so lucky that we're not it's just to give them a clue that hey when we run the world meaning i know i'm white so i've got i've got it both working for me both ways I've got r white privilege but also when when america is all is all brown people they're like well she's a woman we'll let her in like i have both privilege it's, but it's, I do think it's a, meaning they let me in because they know I have one part of being a minority in my blood just being a woman. But I'm laughing because I'm like, I don't think like when women take over the world, we're not going to treat men the way they treated us. So like, don't worry about it. Like no one acts like you guys, but you guys. So, yeah. so we're all going to be included and everything's going to be fine and food's going to be better and everything's going to be great. But my, my uncle used to say that to me. And by 2040, the, the white people will be the minority, which A, isn't even true. And I go, okay, he goes, world of hurt, world of hurt, Jennifer. I go, well, how? How does that affect me? It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. it actually does affect me because it makes white males act so crazy that I, I'm afraid of them. And I, I make very, I make, my life is, has always been, as a woman, a very careful tiptoeing of, don't go here alone. Don't walk in that parking lot. But now it's an overdrive. Like yeah. walking around their pier one torches, they're, they're going nuts. Yeah. I, I, you know, Jen, I, I've wanted to ask you about this for a long time. I can't even imagine what your DMs on Twitter look like or what your email inbox looks like, considering the uh, the MRAs and considering uh, you know either the Bernie people or the Trump people and all, all of the trolls hitting you. All at once, you've got a high profile. I can't even imagine what kind of lightning rod you are for freaks and weirdos. I never get any emails, thank God. DMs, I don't, I think I have a setting where people aren't allowed to DM me, so I don't get any of those. Oh, thank good. God. And then I also have that thing on Twitter where I can only, I can just choose to see people I follow. So a lot of times I just don't even look, but uh, it's only Twitter and it's only Bernie people. I, I get, it's only, I've had maybe five Trump supporters in my life. I mean, I'm not saying they're good people, but I just don't think Twitter's where they're at. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, and it, it, maybe one woman will be like, it always has sort of a, because you can have the white privilege thing. They probably say worse things to like, you know, Indian men, but <clears throat> it'll be like, oh, come on. You don't really think that it's something like that. Yeah. That's just like defending him. But, but the Bernie people, which I think most of were. I, I think a lot were the paid Russian trolls, but it's mostly that, but it's mostly like, it's this weird thing I never thought would happen. I'm used to, you know, you're a woman, you suck or get back in the kitchen. Like that's almost quaint. I miss that kind of sexism. The new sexism is I'm a young white male. You're not a feminist. You're a corporate neoliberal shell. I'm like, well, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or like your generation ruined feminism. You're old, so they think like I'm I'm Gloria Steinem's age. Like, there, I, there's this whole thing where I'm like, why am I even arguing with a 25 year old man about what feminism is? Like, yeah, it, I, I I was followed in person once. It's not even to do with me personally. There was a young guy who came after me in a parking garage, and I mean, I could have he was, I could have beaten the crap out of him, but it wasn't the point. Jesus. It's like he hadn't been taught yet that you don't bother women in parking garages. It's our number one. Fear. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, is that a real fur coat? And I go, and I thought it was like a guy, like maybe he's gay. And I was like, no, it's a faux fur coat. Isn't it fabulous? And he goes, no, <laughs> why would you wear fake fur? So you only want to look like you're harming animals. Oh, God damn it. Really? 
And I was like, get away. He goes, no, I'm not going to get away. And he starts getting closer. I said, you are scaring a woman in a parking lot. If you're, if you're into animal rights, you must be into feminism. I'm more of a feminist than you. I go, please get away from me. And it, it got crazy. And then I, I just got in my car and like, I ran him over. No, I didn't. But I, <laughs> yeah. so that's what we have now is like, we've got, um, hatred on steroids that we haven't seen since like, you know, well, I mean, other people that aren't white have seen it, but that we haven't seen so blatantly since Nazis, you know, yeah. and then we've got that same aggression on the left, which is like, you're not social justice enough. Now you can't even wear fake fur because you're trying to look like someone who kills animals. <sighs> like yeah. I, between <laughs> all of these people, I'm like, so I could get up on stage and sing with, with America, the beautiful behind me. I'm so happy to just be a woman <laughs> who's middle-aged and down the middle. Everything's down the middle. Cause the only thing that's ever happened to anyone, like my, my deep down political things are crazy liberal, but like, I'm just glad I'm not caught up in either of these insane cults. They're cults. Yes. Cults. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely they're, right on that. And, and to find an identity. They're going, hear me. I didn't get what I wanted in life. I'm 70. I'm 20. I'm afraid I might not get what I want in life. Hear me. Listen to me. It's like everyone needs therapy. Go to therapy. <laughs> Go to therapy. And so I now am in a bubble as I've always been. As long as people were accusing me of being in a bubble, I'm like, oh, I'll get in one then. So I have all <laughs> notifications turned off on Twitter. I see nothing except people I follow and that's it. So oh, yeah. Get once in a while, I turn it off and I look just to see what society's up to. And I'm like, oh, getting back in the bubble. <laughs> I know. That's, that's such a great uh, outlook and a great, great thing to do. I need to take that advice myself because otherwise, yeah. because in the meantime, I'm just like, oh God, F everybody. That's just my, my general reaction. By the end of the day, I'm just like, F everybody, get away from me. Just get, 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 get away. Get away. Get away. If uh, you put five minutes aside a day to just know, yeah. they're there. They're doing their thing right now. They're saying this, that, this, same thing. And you go, them all. Oh, sorry, just more. F them. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then you're done. But if you keep looking every hour, it's like yeah. it just keeps like hitting you over and over. Oh, you I already could... know everything. I, I, I'm just, I'm a glutton because I can't, I can't not look at the comments. I'm always looking at the comments and it's, you know, it's like when the dad in Poltergeist opens the door to the closet and, and all kinds of horrible things come shooting out at him. That's <laughs> what it's like when I go and look at the comments and I, I shouldn't I, be doing I am, that. I am a, you know, a big believer in like, we should look at comments like just in case, just because I think it's important to see the, take the, not to take into consideration what people say about us and our jobs, but to take the pulse of America so we know what to talk about. Yeah. You know, so we can say like, guys, do you notice there's this thing going on where, I mean, that's how I first noticed the Russian bots thing. I was like, something really crazy is going on. Like in the course of five minutes, mm. over a thousand people tweeted at me about a joke I wrote in 2014. This was a few months ago. <laughs> and I was like, this is beyond like, and I, the only thing I could think of was, no, this was 2016 before the election, a month before. The only thing I could think was maybe someone put this on Reddit and I didn't really know what was going on. And I had to go off Twitter and someone else ran my account. And then I wrote a little note about it and pinned it to the page. Like, Hey, I know I was interacting with you guys. It's not going to actually be me on here. I'm writing jokes. And then someone else is logging in and posting for me and checking my app mentions. I don't even have my own password anywhere. I, and, and you could tell that it's like a lack of understanding then the, those trolls started posting that and going oh yeah she doesn't run her own twitter well then how are tweets going up it's like oh my god i just said someone wrote so that keeps going around and every once in a while someone will send me a screenshot of when i wrote that last year and i'm like 
oh, I know you're in your little factory in Macedonia. I don't care anymore. I thought I used to think you guys were real. But so anyway, it's one of those things where I'm really glad I got that experience because now I know I didn't know what that paid troll thing was. And I, when I talk about it, I sound crazy, but how else would a thousand, literally a thousand, I paid someone to spend all day blocking. Yeah. How else would you know? And would you do that unless it was a coordinated thing? Oh yes. You know, and in fact, I want to talk about page rolls. I got to take one last quick break and then we'll wrap up the show uh, yes. right after this. But I want to talk about uh, Russia just a little bit before we, uh, before we finish up today. And that has to do specifically with paid trolls right after this. At Bubble Genius, we know that it's a dog-eat-dog world and sometimes all you've got is man's best friend. We know you do anything for your precious pup. When he's a good boy, you give him his favorite treat. When he's gotta go, you take him for a nice walk. When he destroys your favorite shoes, you scold him, lament, and go shoe shopping. And when he eats God knows what and his ass becomes a dirty, stinking mess, well, we've got your backside on that one. You know that we bubble geniuses make fun, awesome soaps for people, but did you also know that we make stuff for your best friend? We've got dog soaps, shampoos, and conditioners that'll clean your disgusting doggy in no time and leave him soft, cuddly, and smelling super. And we don't stop with the D stinking there. We also make Kismet, our flea-repelling doggy perfume that leaves your pup smelling sweet and dreamy. Doggy kisses leaving you offended at your pup's palate? Turn those sour smooches to sweet with Kiss Me, our all-natural breath spray for dogs. Works wonders on humans, too. Pamper your precious pup with genius products and more at BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, just a few more things to talk about before we wrap up. Uh, okay. The word from Bloomberg is that the Russian investigations are heating up. Get ready. Uh, strap in because we're about to get a lot of interesting news. I mean, they're saying we're going to start to get leaks maybe every hour, if not every day, from the Trump-Russia investigation, whether it's the uh, the congressional committees or the, the Mueller investigation. I'm so psyched about all of that. I can't wait to find out. Uh, what's going to happen with uh, the testimony now. They think they're doing some closed-door testimony with Manafort. I think they're bringing Don Jr. back again. Uh, they're certainly bringing in uh, uh, one of my favorite lawyers in the entire world, Michael Cohen. Who's just Says a, who? That guy. <laughs> I can't wait for Michael Cohen to be in the news some more because he's such a nice guy, such a personable guy. I, I really at Mike <laughs> Michael Cohen. Michael, I wish I could hire him as my lawyer. Says who? Right. Uh, <laughs> He is, he is a terrible guy, and one thing I learned uh, through uh, reading that dossier uh, last week and recording it was that Michael Cohen is all over the Steele dossier. I mean, I would say a good half of that dossier has to do with Michael Cohen, and while there has been some blowback against that, I know Michael Cohen has talked about how he... Uh, uh, he, he wasn't in Prague when they said he was in Prague in the dossier. And, well, there's lots of things that he could have done to get him, just sort of get around his uh, passport stamps and things. Because he presented his passport. You don't see a passport stamp here from Prague, do you? And, and there isn't. But 
it's entirely possible that he has a, a second passport for all of those places where he doesn't want people to see where he's going. Or maybe you need a second passport in order to go into countries where they won't let you in if you've got a stamp from a different country that happens to be an enemy of theirs. So and this, oh. this is something that they do, uh, from what I understand, where you can have you don't have to have just one passport. You can have multiple passports. So it's entirely possible that Mike pa- Mike Cohen has a second passport. Says who? And I call him Mike Cohen. <laughs> I call him by. I call. Him, I shorten up his name. I go colloquial with him. I call him Mike. And, yeah, Mike. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And so, uh, so that was that. And and one of the people that uh, the one of the some of the latest news that's been coming out about Michael Cohen is that he's been communicating with this figure in the Kremlin, uh, whose last name is Peskov. Well, the dossier also has a ton of interactions between uh, Michael Cohen and Peskov. And then there's Peskov is all over the place. I mean, when you see the name Peskov. Uh, reported as far as the Trump Russia investigation goes, Peskov is a key figure. If he's, if not the central figure, the central organizing figure of the entire conspiracy to uh, to help elect Donald Trump. Well, so, this is you know, and I'm going to give you a plug. I bought your reading of the Steel dossier. It's it's fantastic. And people, there's there's yeah. there's uh, there's like music cues. There's little. I mean, it's very professionally done. Now. <laughs> I'm still not through it because I keep rewinding. It's it's taken me three hours to get through 15 minutes because there's so many names and I want to be, I'm listening to it so I can be an expert. I'm like, don't, you know, you can't multitask. You just sit and listen. I'm like, wait, Peskov, who's that? No, I forget who he is again. Yeah. He, he started this whole thing by saying we could maybe get sanctions and things done if we get this Trump idiot. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And and so uh, the entire motivating factor here was to get rid of those economic sanctions on on Russia. And Peskov is a spokesman for Putin. He's basically like the uh, the Kremlin Sean Spicer or the Kremlin Sarah Huckabee Jones Seals and Croft. She's he's like that that character that official. Uh, inside the Russian government. And on many occasions, he was almost fired. He was almost uh, removed from, not fired from his post, but removed from organizing the uh, the interference in the American election. So, and, and you'll see in the dossier all kinds of discussions of uh, creating scenarios where there's plausible deniability for Putin. But as we've seen, as of today, the Russian government is making no mistake about its involvement at this point. There's been a Russian politician who has called for Putin to release Trump's compromise because of the, the closure of some of these consulates. Putin himself said, uh, <laughs> Putin said this about Trump. He is not my bride. Neither am I his bride or groom. The, the translation is a little awkward when spoken in English, but he is not my bride. Neither am I his bride or groom. I'm glad that at least he's making sure to include both possibilities, bride or groom. Yeah, all that. Now, now, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> he's like not, uh, it's, Putin isn't heteronormative in any stretch. St- no, and we we love that about him. So <laughs> yeah, but is he saying like, like, who cares? I mean, release it. Like, he's not my. I don't care. Like, is that what he means? Yeah, like, he's I, saying that he's. I've got no. I, I've got no skin in the game. I've got no skin in the Trump game. I'm not linked to Trump in, in any way, so it doesn't matter what happens to Trump from here on out. He's on his own. That's how I read it. I read it like he's. I think his base is gonna. I, well, I already know some of his base loves Putin. Thinks very strong. I think some of his base is gonna think this whole thing is is too complex for me to understand. It's these weird little like you know, rebellious people in Russia that did this. Putin wasn't part of it. The man's got better things to do. You know, like they won't believe it ever. Yeah. What was scary to me in the, in the Steele dossier is 
how many times I heard you read that Russia was like, you know what, this is getting too out of control. Maybe we pull the support for him. Maybe we get him to stop running for president. I was like, oh my God. I was going back in a time machine. Like, yes, yes, please. Like, it was so, <laughs> so many times they were over it. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, it, by, by this time, by this time last year, they were ready to cut bait. They were like, ah, you know what? This is too much trouble. Let's let's back away. And then uh, I think Barack Obama went over there and warned them. I don't think it was in Russia necessarily, but at some point, Obama and Putin were face to face at about this time in 2016, where Obama finally said to Putin, hey, stop with the hacking. Stop hacking our election. And that's when some of the activity dropped off, from what I understand. I don't know if that was I don't think that was in the dossier, but that was uh, some contemporaneous reporting that happened at the time. Oh, that makes me happy that it had an impact because I was always mad at that story because they kept it very vague and they they said Obama told him to cut it out. I'm like, oh, that'll work. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, what happened was Jen is that Obama started a bunch of retaliatory measures, including implanting malware into Russian infrastructure, and and that specific retaliation where we were actually to go in and f with their computer systems the way they were effing with us. And uh, and it's up to Trump to continue that program. And do you want to take a bet as to whether or not he has? I, I, there's no way he did that. There's no way Trump has continued that. So, I mean, it is kind of a fallacy that, uh, that's been going around that Obama did nothing. And, of course, this is all started by Trump. Trump's the one who's been going around saying, oh, it Obama screwed it up. so happy. Like, of yeah. course. That's why he was on that jet ski. Like, I got this, you know, like when he left office. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm so immature. I'm like... Why didn't Obama tell me? Like, I thought, you know, because I believe a lot of things I see on Twitter, and it was this guy who's not even one of the celebrity Twitter porn left people. This this was back in November, and he's like, I work in Washington. So he's probably like, you know, a waiter at TGI Fridays. He's like, I'm hearing a lot of talk that Obama's last speech, like, like no more peaceful transition. Like, he's letting it all out. And I was like, oh, he's going to get on TV and be like, we're overtaken by Russia, the, nullify the election. And he didn't say any of that. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He doesn't care. He hates us. He's not, he doesn't believe it either. And just because he didn't go, uh, Jen Kirkman, is she here? Okay. I'm going to speak right into camera <laughs> that he stole the election and, uh, we we're going to take care of it. But right now I'm going to go on a trip with Michelle. Like, of course he had crap going on. He's, that's, he's smooth. He's never told us anything. Yeah, that's right. Of course. And a lot of this stuff is a uh, top secret national security, uh, a, a blowback against Russia, which, you know, he, he really can't talk about, but he did talk about some of it. And I'm, and I'm glad that he did, of course, but n- none of Trump supporters are going to know that because Trump is telling them uh, falsely that Obama didn't do anything. And that's the, uh, that's the big Trump lie about all of that. And it's in fact, Trump who's done zero as far as this goes other than closing that uh consulate here in san francisco uh which who knows i mean that could have been he could have consulted with putin about this or uh lavrov or kislyak and said hey which is a good consulate for me to close that won't make any difference to you people and they said well we've been meaning to uh close the the consulate in san francisco why don't you just close that one he goes okay and that's i mean that's my theory on that uh, you know whether or not this was a, a true retaliation, or whether or not this was uh, this was done in consultation with the Kremlin, which I, I seem oh, to believe is a lot. I, I think it was done in yeah. Yeah. Knew and I'm sad because I was going to visit it when I'm in San Francisco tomorrow, but that's right. Yeah, I know. I I I wish I could get down there and and uh, and see the show, but I'll I'll catch up with you at some other time. Uh, we've got I've got I don't know if you can hear the music playing in the background. We're going to wrap up the show. Can you stick around, Jen, for about another eight or ten minutes to do the post show? Yes, sir. 
Okay, great. And thank you for being on the show today. We'll say farewell to all of our free listeners and uh, encourage everyone to go sign up for uh, our premium services at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or you can just find it by going to bobsuska.com and clicking the Patreon link. If you sign up for $1 a month, well, we just love you long time, and, and you stay around, and, and, and you listen to the show, and, and uh, you don't get anything extra for $1 a month, but, but we just... Uh, we really appreciate your support. And also, at oh, you get the dossier at $1 a month. You get that. So whatever I just said, ignore it. <laughs> just go get the dossier for $1 a month. Also, at $5 a month, you get the postmortem show. $10 a month gets you the postmortem show and the after party. And $15 a month gets you all that crap plus an unbelieved commercial-free version of this show that you just listened to. That's at uh, patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Thank you for supporting the show. You can, uh, oh, go see Jen Kirkman. She's just launching a brand new tour. It's called the All New Material Girl Stand-Up Tour. It begins tomorrow in San Francisco, which is sold out, as I said. And you can also find out uh, if she's coming to your town at jenkirkman.com. And uh, and a lot more. I don't know if you've got any TV stuff coming up, but one of my favorite book titles is Jen's book. <laughs> latest book. I, I know what I'm doing and other lies I tell myself, which is the, the entire theme of this show. Coincidence. Yeah, I think people will like that book. No, nothing TV. I'm just on the road. I'm coming door to door. All right. I'm coming to town. Going around to people's houses and performing individually for them. I guess. <laughs> All right. That's the show for today. We'll see you on uh, Thursday, folks. Bye bye.